All right, good morning. Morning, morning. Morning. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to spend the first part just kind of talking about some things that um, I've personally been reflecting on. Uh, I've been reading a book recently, and also um, I went to an amazing um, gathering yesterday where uh, the Holy Spirit just really uh, hit my heart uh, yesterday with some things. And um, it's one of those moments where, like, you're sitting there and everyone's listening to a sermon and you want an ugly cry, you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's just building up on the inside of you. You just want an ugly cry, but you're like, you think you might be the only one, so you try to hold it back. Yeah. So that was me yesterday. And um, I think I wanted to kind of share with you guys that um, I've been thinking about the, the thought of loyalty. Uh, loyalty, being loyal. Um, and I, th- I think that obviously everyone in the world, whether you're Christian or not, knows that we're entering a new season. And I think that this season is going to test um, our loyalty. I think that everyone on the face of the planet will be loyal to, um, to, at the end of this testing, everyone on the earth will be loyal to either Christ, Jesus, or they will be loyal to the Antichrist. And, um, and I think it's really important for us to know that uh, Christianity you know, is, is fading in the West. It's growing in, in China, it's growing in Africa, it's growing in the Middle East exponentially, but it is fading in the West. And it's important for us to know that, it's, that Christianity is not just fading in our current culture, but we often think that, oh, it's because America or because Europe is becoming an atheist nation. Well, I want us to, to get that idea out of our head. We're not actually an atheist nation. We have replaced the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob with another God, and it's the God of self-idolatry. Um, we are raising up a God in, in the West, in Europe, in America, that is a God of self, it's a God of self-actualization, it's a God of self-promotion, and Anyone that wars against this God, anyone that speaks against this God, will be in the beginning shamed, and later on, as the influence of this God grows, persecuted. And so we see, um, you know, things from, you know, I get to define what my own sexuality is. If I'm uh, a girl, I can decide that I'm a guy. Just because of my own self-actualization. Um, that all of America and even Europe right now is turning inward to try to discover their own truth and their own definition of what is right and what is wrong. And that is a God in itself. It's bowing down, not to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the Bible, but bowing down to a very powerfully influential God that, hey, like, I find truth within myself. And so in the coming years, um, even for this particular house, it's so almost urgent that we prepare ourselves um, to endure, to be faithful, to be loyal to God. 
to the end because our loyalty will time and time again within our own hearts, within our families, within our culture, within our uh, workplace, within our relationships, that loyalty will God will allow to be tested. And why will God allow us to be tested? It's because God is a good gardener. God is a good uh, caretaker. And God is not primarily interested in our comfort or our self-actualization. Uh, Bob Sorge says God is not interested in our comfort or our self-actualization. God is interested in fruitfulness. And so that's why the Bible says that, uh, that any branch that does not bear fruit, he will take away. And those that do bear fruit, God will prune so that it would bear more fruit. And so in this season, we're going to see God, a loving God, a faithful God, uh, allow his church, allow us to go through seasons of pruning. Um, and so I've been thinking about the, the concept of loyalty. And yesterday I was at an excellent talk on loyalty. Um, but uh, loyalty is not something that you have for one person and you don't have for another. Loyalty is a characteristic that is uh, manifested through all your relationships. So you are either loyal or you're a disloyal person. Um, your loyalty, if you are loyal, will be manifested in your marriage. It'll be manifested in the way that you honor your parents. It'll be manifested in your job, in your workplace. It'll be manifested in, uh, in church. Loyalty, if you are a loyal person, you will be loyal. And if you're disloyal, you will be disloyal in all your relationships. You know, disloyal, it's not something that you can point to a leader, point to um, a husband or a wife, or point to your parents and be like, because of them, I'm disloyal. That's not, that's not true. You're just either a loyal person or you're not a loyal person. You're either loyal or you're disloyal. And that will manifest through your entire life and your, all your relationships. Um, and God wants us to be loyal because he's loyal. He's a loyal friend. Um, I want to give an example of, of uh, loyalty uh, in scripture. And I, I want to tie it in to kings because um, what is loyalty and what is disloyalty? Uh, loyalty is, in essence, um, that when someone gives you privilege, you take that privilege and you, uh, you bless their sphere of influence. Let me just say that again. That loyalty is when you are given privilege, that you don't covet and you don't try to, to war against the one who gave you privilege, um, but their sphere of influence, you bless and you even increase. Um, all of us have a sphere of influence. I've talked about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, whether you are a father, whether you are a mother, whether you are um, just friends or, or your work or your job or your school, you have a sphere of influence. And for people who are loyal to you, 
um, they will look at your sphere of influence and when you elevate them uh, and you give them privilege, for example, you draw them closer to you as a friend, you draw them closer to you or you give them position, they will uh, see your influence and they will celebrate it and they will work with you to point it to God. Let me give an example of this. Um, uh, I think uh, Joseph in the Bible was very loyal. All right. Uh, Joseph was given uh, privilege by the king of Egypt. Joseph was in jail. The king of Egypt had favor on him and raised up Joseph to one of the higher positions. And, and by the time uh, Joseph, you know, after a few years with Pharaoh, um, you know, Pharaoh didn't have to do much. He could trust Joseph. You know, as a king, I'm sure there were plenty of people trying to, to, to manipulate or to control his power and his influence, but not Joseph, right? Joseph got raised up to second highest in command, and within a few years, Pharaoh owned all the land, <laughs> owned all the, the livestock, owned all the grain because of Joseph. I mean, this land, livestock, grain, it didn't go into the national treasury. It went into Pharaoh's personal bank account. Right? Joseph was loyal. Like, I imagine Joseph, you know, uh, when he got that, that elevation from Pharaoh, Joseph was like, Joseph postured his heart in a way that said, man, I am so thankful to be elevated, to be given this privilege. You will not regret giving me this privilege. I will be a faithful steward. And, and Joseph did that. Joseph was a faithful steward of Pharaoh's influence and Pharaoh's land and Pharaoh's uh, belongings, right? Um, so Joseph is a great example. And, and I think that we need to be that way. We need to be loyal to God. That when God has elevated us in, from, from sin and from being lost and from, from being apart from him, and he's given us just elevation in terms of, of salvation, of knowing him, but he's even elevated us and provided in all things. These are all things that belong to God, and he's given us privilege. And our response would be like Joseph was to Pharaoh. Like, God, you will not regret. You will not regret giving me this privilege. Like, I will take your dominion and I will increase it and I will not steal from it glory and I will not take advantage of it for my own self. But everything that you have given under me, like, I'm so thankful and grateful and you will not, God, regret giving me this privilege. Timothy was a, a good son to Paul. Actually, Timothy also was a loyal son to Paul, um, a spiritual son. And in the same way, Paul had influence. Everyone, Paul was a little bit famous. Timothy was not. But, but Paul said of Timothy that he is a true son. Why? Because Timothy never looked at Paul and was like, oh, I'm jealous. And I'm going to take your influence. And I'm going to do a church split and have everyone come and follow me and not Paul. He took the things of Paul and the gospel that Paul was preaching and he laid down his life and increased it. 
And so Paul called Timothy a true son. Whereas the opposite happened with Absalom. If you remember the story of Absalom, Absalom was David's son. King David had a kingdom and a domain. And Absalom looked at his father's influence and he said, I want that for myself. And so what disloyalty is, as opposed to loyalty, loyalty, you know, sees someone else's influence. And when they raise you up and elevate you in privilege, you celebrate it and you increase it and you want to bless it. Whereas disloyalty is like Absalom, where when someone raises you up and gives you privilege, whether it be your parents to your children, you know, parents are always raising their kids up, right? Giving them privilege. Or even your teachers at school or your boss at work. Or even in your marriage, that someone has chosen you and, and given you the privilege of being close to them. Like disloyalty looks like you take that privilege and you steal and you take that person's influence to their own harm and you hurt them. That's disloyalty. And Absalom did that with David. Absalom uh, uh, turned David's people against him. He spoke against David. He tried to grab at his father's influence to his own father's harm, and he was okay with hurting and wanting to hurt David so that he could grow in David's influence and take David's influence. Um, Judas was the same. Judas was disloyal to Jesus. Jesus Judas was given the privilege of walking with Jesus. He, he even was privileged enough to know where Jesus prays. And he knew where Jesus prayed and he betrayed Jesus. Why? Because he wanted, he was jealous of the influence and he wanted what Jesus had. That, that the richness, the wealth that bought him, but it was also that his, he took that privilege and he betrayed and told the Pharisees where Jesus was so they could capture him. But the number one betrayer of all, of course, and the first betrayer was, of course, Satan. The Bible says that Satan was given great influence by God. He was actually raised from, from, uh, to be the highest angel of all. And God gave him that privilege. But instead of looking at God's influence and rejoicing and wanting to point people and point angels and, and say glory to God, Satan looked at God's influence and coveted it and wanted to take it for himself. And it says in scripture that one third of all the angels fell from heaven, turned against God because of Lucifer, because of Satan. Um, like, you can imagine how much that broke God's heart. Right? Uh, in essence, heaven had the first church split. And it's interesting to think that you can be a perfect leader, and that's comforting, you know, even to all leaders and, you know, pastors, that, like, you can be the best pastor in the world, like God, and still experience a church split. <laughs> Why? Because every person on the earth 
He has to either choose to be loyal like Joseph, loyal like Timothy, loyal to God, or we will choose to be disloyal. We will choose to grab at all things selfishly, every influence for our own glory to the harm of the person who gave it to us. Um, I say this as it relates to the kings because um, like the Bible does say we should work hard. Um, my, parent, my dad is an educator. He's a professor. My mom is, you know, a pastor, but she was also an accountant. Like, they both believe in, you know, working hard, studying hard. Uh, you know, my dad has a PhD. Joseph has a doctorate. I have a master's degree. Johnny is working on it. <laughs> but every, the, the idea of working diligently and being loyal in school and to be um, loyal in family and to be loyal in work is very much ingrained in our DNA. But there's a huge difference in why we do it. We do not do it so we can have the better life, primarily. We do it so that every crown we, we build, every crown that we wear, every glory and every richness that in this life, that we can take it and do what they do in heaven and just lay it down. All the 24 elders and all the heaven take all their crowns, all their hard work, all their education, all their wisdom, all their influence and all their, their belonging and all that. And they look at the worth of Jesus and the beauty of God, the one who gave it to them. And he, they, they recognize that he is the one who has given them the privilege. And so they take their crowns and they bow and they lay it down. I work hard, Joseph works hard. I mean, I used to think Joseph doesn't work hard because he only like has like four days of work a week. <laughs> and I was like, man, that's such a good job. But then I went over to his house and lived with him and he's like up at like six, five a.m. and then he's back at home at like 11 p.m. and it's just like, oh my gosh, he actually works really hard. <laughs> um, but I work hard, we work hard. Not so we can be like Absalom and grab the things of his father and say, hey, I'm king, look at me. Everyone be in awe. Everyone look at my comfortable life. And I want a comfortable life. That's not the primary thing. We work hard, we work diligently. Why? Because one day, and even right now, we can have a beautiful crown, a glorious crown of our life. And we will be that much happier and that much more joyful to take that crown, to lay it down before Jesus, to cast it at his feet and say, you are worthy of all honor, all glory, all power, all praise. Yeah. And so, like, I restate again, like, who are we going to be loyal to in our life? Because our loyalties in the next few years are going to be very much tested. Uh, will we be loyal to Christ, the true king? That's what Christ means. It means king. It means uh, the one anointed. Or are we going to be loyal to that which wars against Christ, the Antichrist? Are we going to be 
give him the kingship of our life or are we going to fight against it and be loyal to ourselves and to the Antichrist? Um, so much so that the Bible says at the end of the age, by the time Jesus returns, that all the earth will be, it'll be so clear, the light will be light and the dark will be dark. And so much so that our loyalties will even be branded on our skin. Like those who follow the Antichrist, they will be so loyal to him that it will even, they will brand on their foreheads, they will brand on their hand his mark. That's what tattoos are, right? Tattoos are usually an expression of, of the deepest convictions of your heart. And on that day, it says that the, the people who follow the Antichrist will be so loyal, so devoted to the cause of anti-Jesus, of not, I don't want to lay my life down for him. It's all about us. They will be so loyal that they will brand it upon their skin. But even for us as Christians, one day, we will brand, the Bible says, the name of Jesus on us. That we will brand his name and we will brand the name of his city and we will brand on ourselves the new name that he's given us. Loyalty. It's going to be about loyalty at the end. And I want to be one who's loyal to Jesus. Loyalty doesn't ignore faults of leaders. You don't have to ignore the faults of your parents or ignore the faults of your teacher or ignore the faults of your boss. But loyalty sees the faults of someone and still sticks with them. Still increases their glory and their governance. And loyalty even... I think the most loyal people around me point out my faults. They do. I actually noticed that disloyal people don't actually ever come up to you and tell you some of the issues they see about you. They just like to turn the influence of people around you. But I love, you know, um, my parents, Joseph, Becca, Cindy, like, they will point it out. <laughs> Gently, kindly, but they will point it out. That's loyalty. Because why? Because they want to continue to walk with you. They want to continue to be with you. And so they will point it out. Because they're loyal. Um, what does loyalty to God ultimately look like? It looks like every sphere of influence that he has, that we steward well. But it also looks like turning people to the Lord, and it looks like prayer, and it looks like worship. It looks like, like loyalty at the end of the day is truly is the gospel. It's telling people about God, but pure loyalty in its expression to God looks like day and night worship. Why? Because, why do we know this? Because People in heaven are the most loyal to God. <laughs> like they are absolutely pure loyalty. And heaven describes what pure loyalty looks like. Not preaching. Although preaching can point people to loyalty. 
Even what I'm saying right now has no power to give you loyal hearts to God. But what it can do is inspire you to come before God and to pray and to worship and to proclaim your own devotion to him. To proclaim his worth and his goodness to him. And so that's why when I talk about the kings who we build, and obviously I don't have time to go through all the kings again, <laughs> but why I talk about the kings who we build and why there was so much revival every single time the kings built day and night worship is because it pointed people to, hey, let's go worship God. Let's come before his presence and declare loyalty to him. Where do I point this? Yeah, all these kings, they built day and night worship. Day and night worship. And I encourage us as a spiritual family to not ever give up that vision of day and night worship and continuous culture of worship. And for families, I encourage you, even if it's uncomfortable, to change the culture in your family. It is, he is worthy to change it so that your family worships together and prays together. Why? Because then we're declaring loyal to God and it's all about Him and not about us. In your private lives, when no one's watching, in the morning when you wake up, declare your loyalty to God in prayer and worship. Create a culture we're declaring the goodness of God is what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, just kind of a refresher from the last time I preached, but then this word of Adonai came through Haggai the prophet, so now is the time for you to be living in your own panel houses while this house, or my house, lies in ruin. Therefore, here's what Adonai, Tevaot, God says. Think about your life. You so much, but bring in little. You eat, but aren't satisfied. You drink, but never have enough. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who works for a living earns wages that are put in bags full of holes. Here's what Adonai, Tevaot, God says. Think about your life. Go up into the hills. Get wood and rebuild the house. I will be pleased with that, and then I will be glorified says Adonai, you looked for much, but it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? Asked Adonai Tevayot, because my house lies in ruins. Well, every one of you runs to take care of his own house. Um, like, I just want to reemphasize, like, if we have, you know, lost devotion, or if we have you know, been more concerned with loyalty to build our own homes and our own glory. Let's take a moment to turn from that and seek to be loyal before God. We might as well go into prayer. <laughs> Didn't want to jump into another king here.
yeah, I just want to take a little extra time to pray. Um, yeah, I already stated again that, like, we're not living in an atheistic culture anymore. We're not atheists in our, our nation. We are building an idol of, of self-actualization, of self-idolatry. And it's really important for us to turn from that. And we don't even realize how much that has pervaded our own lives. We really don't. We, we think, like, yeah, I follow Jesus and everyone else follows, you know, self and bows to that idol. But that's not actually true, even for myself. Like, I don't recognize how much the idol worship of self has invaded my own life. You know, having been through it before, I know, um, and maybe many of you guys have, if you live long enough, you've definitely experienced that, that God puts you in positions sometimes where everyone around you has to choose to be loyal to you or not. <laughs> like, if you haven't, if you're too young to experience this, you will one day, where God will, I don't know why He does this, but He'll always bring us into situations where people around us will have to choose to be loyal or not and for me personally my experience and so many others who've been through stuff like that we never forget the people who've been loyal to us in our, our hard times when we're going through trials and tribulations be it sickness in your family be it you know brokenness in your family relationships or or division even at church or or or, or you're, you lost your job, or whatever it may be, everyone around you will choose to be loyal or disloyal. And for those who are loyal to you in your darkest times, for those who are loyal to you, um, when you go through the hardest accusations and most difficulty in your life, you'll never forget it. You'll never forget them. That's true with God. That God is going through accusation. And if you want to see it from a long-term perspective, for all eternity, this is God's darkest time. Where all the world is betraying Him. All the world is accusing Him. All the world is trying to take from Him. And we have an opportunity to be the friends of God who are loyal to Him in his darkest times. In his darkest times, and so many are falling away from him, so many betray him, we have an opportunity to be the loyal friends of God. And that's what I want to be. That's like I, I recognize the wrestle in my own heart to bow to selfishness, to bow to my own glory and my own crown but man like something deeper inside of me cries out to God and says God I really want to be a loyal friend to you help me when everyone in this world is shaking and, and so many have decided you're not that important in their lives God help me to be a loyal friend to you to the end that help me not be so fearful or offended. Help me not fall into selfish lust or deception. Help me be loyal to you, 
help those around me to be loyal to you to the end. Let's take a moment to pray. Let's close our eyes. And let's just have a real time before the Lord to express, express our devotion and our loyalty to Him. Just take a moment to pray for yourself, pray for your families, pray for your friends, pray for those around you that we would be a loyal people to God. give us strength and grace not to bow to the idols of self-worship that are raising up all over America today. That every Asherah pole and every Baal altar of self-idolatry that's being raised up in our cities and in our communities, God cause us to be people who will not bow. Give us strength and grace to be loyal friends to you. That in your darkest times, when all everyone else abandons you and nations point fingers against you and, and take your stuff, God, I just ask that we would be friends who are loyal, that we would stand by you, that we would declare and magnify Jesus and magnify your influence. that we would be as Joseph was before Pharaoh, that you will not regret giving us this privilege. God, we will take the things of yours and multiply it for your glory and your glory alone. God, that we will be diligent in building crowns just for the joy of laying it down. remembering a quote, another quote by Bob Sorge, and he was saying that David, King David's glory, his glory was not his kingship. The thing that David is most glorious for, that forever David will find the most glorious thing was that Jesus quoted him three times while he was on the cross. David won't be excited about him being king. David was king, but that wasn't what thrilled his heart. What thrills David's heart is that Jesus, in his greatest suffering, quoted his friend David three times. And what kind of relationship can we have with God 
that God and his suffering would quote us three times. We can have that friendship. David was a man no different than us. And we have access to walk with God with such loyalty that God, when he's going through a rough time, he's like, oh, I remember my friend who said this. And it brings me comfort. So God, would you give us that kind of friendship that David had with you, loyalty to your heart, loyalty to your ways, that we would be good friends just as you are loyal to us. Come even now, God, reinforce areas of our heart that are dedicated, that have made a commitment to you. Reinforce it. where we're weak, God, strengthen us with might on the inside to walk worthy of the calling we received. In Jesus' name. Let's stand up and worship together. And as we worship, it's, it's so important. It's so important to not just worship with our, our mind. give God worship, even with, with our voice, but with our hands, like to not just be confined in worship, to just, you can have my mind and that's it, but you can't have my voice, and you can't receive glory from my body, but you can have my mind, and so I just encourage you. Yeah, to step into that where we learn, even if it's uncomfortable, to worship the Lord with our voice, to worship the Lord and give Him glory, even with our bodies and our expression. And to not look and care whether the person next to you is doing that or not. But to give devotion to God in every area, mind, soul, body, and strength. Go ahead, Joseph.